morning and welcome to Recovery Central. Morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Richard. And how are you this morning? Oh, I'm very well. You? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Well, the sun's not quite shining and there's even a hint of rain, but then you can't have everything, can you? Well, you just say it's going to be raining on an awful day today, but we'll have to see when we're up all the coats in the back, so. Well, at least we've got a skylight to see it. Mm. Lovely. When I was at the end of my drinking, I was living in an attic. Right. Very convenient place to hide away, and, and while I had skylights, mm. I was trying to find ways to put blinds over them and trying to block out the light. And oh, the, I can imagine, yeah. And the, and the only window in the mm. place was in the kitchen. And there was this huge pile of pigeon shit next to the window because the <laughs> pigeons obviously use this as their toilet. <coughs> a bit grim, actually, in the end. Yeah, I can imagine. Doesn't sound nice. Anyway, where are we starting? Where are we starting today? We will start today with a letter, I think. Yes. And here we go. Dear Jim, Jack and Jess, I'm due to go to rehab next week and I'm very concerned. This will be the first time for me, and while I don't think it's necessary, my family have ganged up on me and forced me into this position. Since I lost my job, unfairly I might add, but that's another story, I've had to live on benefits and rely on my parents to bail me out once in a while. I think the main problem is my brother, though. He seems to be the one making all the family decisions at the moment. Anyway, I went to my parents last Sunday, like I do every week, to find my brother and sister there too, which isn't normal. My brother has a terribly important job, or so he keeps saying, so he usually takes Sunday to remind his children who their father is. My sister lives 200 miles away, so for her to be there without my parents mentioning it in advance was all the more peculiar. Trying not to judge, I sat down in the living room as usual. Before I knew it, they were all sitting there staring at me. I felt set upon and confused, not that they would care. My mother then proceeded to tell me how much money she and my father had spent bailing me out during the last four years. I don't think it's been that long, and I'm sure she was making it up, because I know for certain that I only asked them to pay my electric and gas bill three times last year, not four like she claimed. Then they all weighed in, telling me everything I'd done wrong, every time I'd got drunk and embarrassed them at family gatherings and in public. In fact, it was as if they'd been storing this up for years. Of course, my brother's behind all of this. He's always been jealous of me because he didn't do very well in his GCSEs, and I did. Which is why he goes on and on about how important he is. He's some sort of HR consultant. And how he runs the local golf club. He's the club secretary this year, that's all. When my sister started on me about drunken phone calls at three in the morning, I burst into tears. Not out of guilt. Who else would I trust to call at that time? but because they planned this and they were all ganging up on me. Have they no idea how difficult this has been for me? Anyone would drink if they'd been through what I've been through. My boyfriend cheated on me, then the cat got run over, and to cap it all I lost my job because my boss is a horrible, bitter middle-aged woman who doesn't respect talent and despises young people. She lied about how many days I've been absent. It was 23, not 28, and I had a valid reason every time. I'm going to go to rehab, just to shut them up. However, I have no intention of doing any more than the bare minimum, and I'll use it as a means to get back to work. Do I have to pretend I want to stop for good when I'm there? I don't have to tell them everything I've done, do I? And surely they'll understand that my family forced me to go, and that I don't need to be there at all. Please advise, Diane.
not her. Oh, the smallest violin in the world is playing, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this thing about, where's that catty remark in it, the one about the brother? About he has to see his kids on Sunday to remind oh, yeah, them yeah, who yeah, his fa yeah. the father is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because he's got a full-time job, you see, and he's working. Yeah, like normal time. people like, do. Like normal yes. people do, yeah. Um, no, she doesn't, she doesn't like him, does she? Putting him down all the time. And, and the obvious, it's like, it was as if they'd been storing it up for years. Well, of course they have. It's been going on for four years, by the sound of it. You know, it's been going on and on, and, and they've stored it all together because they need to tell her because it's reached the point where they can't put up with it anymore. And what gets me is how she says, well, they're over-exaggerating. The bills were paid three times, not four. I mean, it's only one, one bill different, isn't it? And, and somewhere else, she says... Well, it's nitpicking, isn't it? It's nitpicking, yeah. 23 times she was off work, not 28. Yeah, I mean, this is picking the bones out of the jelly pit. 23 is all right, but 28 isn't. I did that wrong, but not as wrong as they're painting it. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's not dissimilar to that other one we read where the, the sister is ill because of the brother's drinking. Yeah. In that the family are reacting because actually they don't know how to react mm -hmm. to this drunken daughter who's transformed from being a reasonable person into a drunken lunatic that's just bleeding them dry financially mm -hmm. and doing what she likes. And then it's their fault for criticising her. And all the tone of this is just indicative of the fact that she won't take responsibility mm. and she's expecting to dictate terms. Now, if the family is talking to her about rehab, yeah. they've obviously identified that something is wrong for her and for them. Well, of course, yeah. Of course. They, they can't keep bailing her out for four years. You would have thought at some point if she would have got herself back on track, but obviously not. She's drinking her, her life away and not doing anything about it and then expecting everyone else to help her along probably put her in a position where she probably didn't feel the need to actually go out and do anything more if the parents are supporting her yeah i think the whole tone is poor me isn't it yeah because the fact of the matter is if, if this girl needs to go to rehab she needs to go to rehab and of course her family are reacting because she's not behaving reasonably mm -hmm. and to try and set up get out clauses like it was only 23 days and it was only three times I asked them to pay the bill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so what's going to happen when she gets into rehab? By the looks of it, she just thinks she's going to just wheedle her way through it and pop out the other end. Well, the crazy questions are there, aren't they? Mm. I don't have to tell them everything I've done, do I? Can I lie? Can I cheat? Can I do it for the sake of appearances? Can I do it just to get my family off my back? Can I do it so I can tell the world that actually I'm all right, really? So that I can come out, see my friends and say, no, it's all right for me to have a few drinks. I just don't want to end up like before. Complete denial. It's like one of the old timers, um, he frequently shares that he went to AA following a treatment period, thinking that they were going to teach him how to drink properly. <laughs> and he had this conversation with the sponsor where the sponsor said, is that what you really think of AA? He said, well, of course. It's terrifying, actually, the thought process. Because I certainly thought that, that I went through a treatment process some time ago where my sole objective was to get my family off my back. Really? Yeah. And get the world off my back. Actually, so I, actually that... Because that. I was right. And, and this is the thing in this letter. She's right. Yeah. They're wrong. 
and it's almost as if she is going to rehab. She's just doing it to please the parents. And, and I bet there's a lot of fear in there. Oh, yeah. I don't want to go to rehab because I might actually have to look in the mirror and face the truth. Face the truth and yeah, and accept that you've got a problem and yeah, actually it needs to be addressed now. And while I can right. understand the thinking the family's ganging up on me, I've certainly been in that situation. Mm. But well, then it's kind of understandable that they're doing what they're doing. It's yeah. just that she can't see it because she can't see the reality of what she's doing. I had my family gang up on me. Well, what, what I thought at the time was ganging up, and that's how it felt. And um, it wasn't. It's just because it gets to a point where, I suppose, they realise that something needs to be done now. And it will take all of them to get together to do that. So, Also, the, the unhealthy fixation on the, the brother talking about his important job and the fact that he must be behind it as if it's some sort of plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, why on earth would he be plotting in that way? He's probably just as concerned as the parents are, isn't he? Yeah. Well, there's a lot of denial. Yeah. There's a lot of anger towards the family because they're not letting her behave like a, an irresponsible mm -hmm. teenager. Mm -hmm. And the prospect of her going to rehab, unless she becomes one of those people who goes for the wrong reasons and stays for the right ones. Yes. Unless she turns into one of those... Yes. She is going to go through this process and pay lip service to it. Mm -hmm. And she's going to come out insistent that she's all right and everything's okay. Because all she's done is gone through a process just to get a family off her back. Well, at least she's going through the process. Well, yeah, I mean, it may well plant the seed and it may take yeah. another 10 years before she gets there. But, yeah. uh, but the beginning is there. Anyway, breakfast. I seem to remember mentioning that last week. Are we having breakfast? Well, no, we're not having breakfast. I haven't ordered breakfast to come to the room. No, I have my breakfast at half past five in the morning now. Oh. I thought about it because there's all this stuff now with lockdown breaking about pubs opening up again and, yeah. and obviously pubs are opening doors again and everything. And I do remember I went through this period where I was going to the local Weatherspoons. Mm. And I was going in for my breakfast cider. But as <laughs> soon as I'd seen someone else... Yeah. eat a breakfast mm -hmm. and leave a plate I would go nick the plate and stick it in front of me oh and then carry on drinking cider so I was making it look like when I was using that particular establishment mm -hmm. there was an old guy who used to come and drink in there and he used to come in about 10 in the morning mm -hmm. and I'd see him and talk to him every day at about 10 just a little routine and I created this entire false narrative about how I was working at night and I got to Weatherspoons about eight and just had a few drinks and was at breakfast before I went home. <laughs> God knows what I must have looked like because by 10 o'clock I'd have been pissed. I remember those days. I remember there was one in town, there's a bar in town at Weatherspoons and I used to always flounder into there in the mornings and normally I'd have an appointment. Actually it was community service, it was on the way to community service. Ah. And so I'd, I'd make sure it was an hour early just sounds like I get a few pints down there. Two pints. And it's crazy. I mean, when I think of the time I spent doing that, and then it devolved when I had so little money that I was scraping together pennies to go and buy white frightening from the corner shop. Mm. But this attempt to keep up appearances, how can I make it look like this? How can I make them think that? Yeah, yeah. And how can I make drinking 10 pints of cider 
at seven o'clock in the morning look normal. And I'm deciding to make it look normal by going to a public place where there are people there having coffee and breakfast. There are some Alkies who've just given up the ghost who are sat propping up the bar drinking shorts at seven in the morning. I think I got to that stage actually. But I'm actually going to all this rigmarole to try and look normal. But what I'm doing doesn't look normal. Because the staff in that Weatherspoons are seeing me every day <laughs> come in like this. I'm staggering about. I can't walk properly. I can't even put my pin in the machine. Yeah. And there I am sitting there, necking cider. And as soon as there's a spare plate knocking about, I'm pulling. Those staff know I haven't had breakfast. Exactly what you were saying. They knew. I think I, I was one of the ones that kind of, like you say, give up the ghost. And then I just thought, you know, I'm not going to put the show on anymore. I'm just going to just go in there. They're going to know. It's, it's not just me. Half the book's doing it. So I thought, well. Just crack on. I needed to do it to get. Yeah, and it's like going to the shop first thing in the morning. In the morning, isn't it? yeah. I would go, and I would go wearing a hoodie and my pajamas sometimes. <laughs> but I'd be going in. I'd be getting one tin of beans, a paper, and the cider. And there were about four other blokes doing exactly the same thing, and we were all yeah. not talking to each other. It was like four secret agents in the same room. Mm. What can I do to make buying this at this time in the morning look reasonable? And what that guy must have heard in the off-life, and probably the other four guys were doing the same thing as me, claiming that they'd just got off a night shift. Well, again, in the end, my, my off-license, no, it was just me. I just, I tried to show things, and I just told him, yeah, I think I'm an alcoholic. Well, there's I think one I just said it. I, I didn't even believe I was an alcoholic, but I used to just say it, because I knew he was going to say it anyway. Well, the one I went to in Alton didn't care. But if I couldn't put my pen number in, it's how you could do it next time. Next time, yeah. Right, I think it's time for a dialogue, isn't it? Yes. I think there might be some hostage taking going on in this one, so let's see. Brian? What's that? Wake up. What? Wake up. What's the problem? We on fire? No. What time is it? Half six. Wake up, please. Half six? What the... F it's you. I need you to cover for me. Cover for you? Yeah. Why? They come to do a spot drug test this morning and... What? I... You didn't? I... Oh, shit. Come on, man. It was only once. And once is enough. I need to go out. But for now, can we cook up a story? A story? Yeah. Because? Because when they do me do the test, I'll be positive. And? And they'll kick me out. Unless... What do you mean, unless? Of course they'll kick you out. But we can get round that. We? Yes. Meaning? We cook up a story. You want me to lie? Well, not really. How can I not really lie? I need to. Lie? And you want me to lie so you don't get kicked out? Well, I wouldn't put it like that. How else would you put it? I don't know, but... If you want me to help you tell them a story to explain why you've tested positive when actually you've been out all night, and yes, everybody knows, Jason, and you decided you needed to take a quick pick-me-up the next morning... It was a mistake. A mistake? Yeah. And you want me to lie for you just so you can stay here? I need this. But you can't follow the rules. I didn't mean... If you really wanted to stay here, you'd be following the rules, wouldn't you? Nobody's perfect. I'm not going to co-sign you, Jason. I'm not asking. What you are asking for is for me to knowingly lie to them to get you off the hook. What if they don't fall for it? And they probably won't. 
then we both get kicked out. But we're supposed to help each other, Brian. Yes, but when we're struggling. But I am struggling. Yes, but this is a mess of your own making, isn't it? Well, Leanne's going to have to do the same things. Because she was with you. Well, it wasn't quite what we planned, but... What really happened, Jason? We went out, she had a drink, and one thing led to another, and we ended up in a hotel. Oh, so why did you come back? Because I need to stay here. You can't have it both ways. But... You'll have to fess up. But I can't, though. Send you back to treatment? Yep, and I can't do that. Why not? And I don't need to anyway. So I think it's the best thing you could do. Oh, come on, mate. Look, you might hate me now, because I won't lie for you. However, you will thank me in the end. I doubt it. Did you hear that? Sounds like they're here. I need to go. Maybe you do. Well, well, well. story before i've heard that a few times actually yeah it's the, it's this uh, presenting it as a crisis yeah and if i present it as enough of a crisis i can get round the other person yeah it's because what he's asking for is completely illogical mm-hmm. completely off key mm-hmm. and completely not okay mm-hmm. but he's rushing into his mate's room at half past six in the morning mm-hmm. however in the setting they're in How many people have actually agreed to do stuff like that? Well, that's it, isn't it? I suppose that you, you know. Because not not everyone has the self-confidence and wherewithal to be the one that says no. Mm -hmm. I'm the one that says, no, I'm not having this. I know this is wrong and I know where it's going to end up and I don't want to be part of it. Some people might just be to be part of the eat crowd, the in crowd. And at the beginning of whatever we're doing in recovery, it's quite difficult to say no. Yeah. It is, and some people might have found that as well. Yeah. Take advantage of your, your weaknesses. I mean, here he's basically saying to him, no, I'm not going to carry you, I'm not going to mm. do what you want. Not good. No, when I think the result there with the person is going to be either he's going to grudgingly go back to the treatment process, which isn't necessarily going to work, or he is going to go off the rails completely and run away with what's her name onto the Into the sunset. Because the thing about going back into treatment is it's got to mean something and it's got to have the association with why am I back in treatment. On the one hand, you've got to start with a totally empty page again. I see this quite a lot. I see some people come back in and they really do start at ground zero. Yeah, that's what... There are other people who come back in and they don't. It can reach a point, I think, where people go too many times through. Like we did a dialogue the other week, didn't we, about the guy who claimed that he hadn't relapsed. Oh, yeah. Even though he picked up yeah. four or five times in four years, I think. Mm-hmm. And that denial then goes into him going into a treatment process which he knows he can complete. You've got all the answers to all the questions, haven't you, once you've been through a few times. And, and that's the problem with having the answers. Mm-hmm. They have to mean something, don't they? Yeah. Like the whole thing for me with AA is that that book's not just a book, it's a design for life. And. Da, da, da. In the absence of Red, because he's been off getting his new costume from Brutus and he wants to look like a new romantic, as we found out last week, yeah. Norman has been up to his own tricks. Let's find out what they are. Hello, you there? I thought Buddhist chanting was in the next building. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
wordless philosophy for beginners. Awkward bastards named after characters in post-World War II plays. What audience enjoyed confusing their visitors and hijacking birthday parties. No strips of paper, though. No, I forgot them. Again? You can't have everything. No. I'm a bit disappointed there was haven't turned up. You must be. Good job it's not a performance. Performance? Yeah. I don't do those anymore. Why not? Pinterest too much. That's great villains, though. True. And you're one of them. That would be me. Yes. Hello, Reg. Mr. McCann, how are we today? Annoyed now. What? Because the others didn't come? Too right, and they promised. Well, cats get distracted, don't they? Yes, you're right. Not everyone has your focus. Or your fixations. Indeed. So, what can I do for you, Reg? Now, there's a blessing of the others not being here. Oh, yeah? Means I can just deal with you. Does it now? Better that way. Is it? Definitely. How so? Because this is both a particular and an unusual request. Now I'm intrigued. You will be. And you're actually going to get to the point this time. The point? Yes, Reg. Instead of going off at several tangents at once before finally mentioning the relevant point 20 minutes later. I don't know what you mean. Aha. Uh -huh. Anyway, my philosophical diversions are designed to wrong foot anyone who shouldn't be listening. Or oh. any dog bugger trying to follow me. Oh, please don't. What? I had that Norman in yesterday. That Norman? Yes, that Norman. With his bug fetish. And the rest. Must have been difficult. With him, it always is. Norman No Man, what a ridiculous name. I agree. Since when did cats have their own surname? Unless his family are named after a classical hero who enjoys hiding on a sheep. I'll admit, even for him, that's unlikely. True. In fact, he didn't mention bugs, except for his usual sweep of the room. Progress, then. Do we ever make progress with cats like Norman? Maybe not. So, what you after, Reg? It's a bit hush-hush. I see. I'm doing something undercover. Again? Needs must. I see. And this, um, on the quiet, as it were. Total discretion. For once, I'm grateful for the two and a half hours Norman spent rooting around the place for bugs. Did he find any? That's the weirdest thing, you know. You don't mean? Yeah. He actually did? Yeah, it would appear so. What the? I was as shocked as you are. Do we know who put them there? Looks like they were made on the continent. So I'm guessing that you'll be like Ikea again? Ikea? Yes. Why are you looking at me like that, Reg? Why would Ikea want a bug your storage facility? They bug everyone, didn't you know? Well, I heard rumours, but I mean, are you sure? Oh, yes. Snorky down the lakes has been finding their bugs in nests and traps everywhere this summer. Ikea are bugging a feral cat spying on his survival apparatus. Can't think why, but they must be up to something. New paranoid owner? I thought that. But judging by what I've heard, they're out for the abolition of their competitors and world domination. Well, I never. Still not sure what sort of world domination they mean, but even so. When you finish this, whatever this is you're doing, we might have to raise a group to counter the espionage perpetrated against unsuspecting cats by IKEA. Yeah, them and their bloody flat packs. I think we're beyond the dangers and annoyances of flat packs now, Rich. That we are, yeah. Anyway. Now that we know this place isn't booked, courtesy of Norman, the paranoid tabby. That's a relief, I think. I do wonder how he came to be so obsessed. Now that, that is the question. To book or not to book? Makes him an anti-hero then. Come again? Well, you'd be saying, to debug or not to debug. Don't take the piss, Rich. Why not? We've got work to do. So, what do you need that's so hush hush? I need a carpet bomb. A carpet bomb? Yes. 
Okay. It's very specific. Yeah, I'm assuming it's, it's got nothing to do with going up in a vintage plane and spraying bombs at random over a wide area. Oh no, this is not a conventional carpet bomb. I'm sure it isn't. Do explain. <coughs> now, this carpet bomb... Does it involve an actual carpet? Indeed it does. So, you want me to put a bomb in a carpet? Well, sort of, yeah. I'll stop now. Just tell me what you want and I'll see if I can do it. I'm on a rescue mission because my friend Lula has been catnapped. Oh, the mardy bloke in the suit and trainers, with his dodgy so-called lawyer and all the animals disappearing. You heard them? I think everyone did. I've heard nothing else this last week. Oh dear, I hope it don't compromise my mission. Your mission being? I know where they've been taken. For real? Yeah. I don't think anyone else knows that. Snorky thinks it's been flown out into a chicken crater to Ascension Island, whereas Jockey, the Scots Bonnet, thinks they've been taken to a secure cave underneath Winchester Cathedral. And that's just the start. I see. Anyway, I need the carpet bomb to confuse the humans. Why? Are they picnic fanatics? You must be reading my mind, because apparently one of them is. Really? I thought that was fictional. The so-called lawyer runs a prepackaged picnic hamper business out of a warehouse in Stevenage. Uses it as a front who could have smuggled stolen art or something like it. Inventive. Bit risky, though. I know. I bet there's no soft cheese in his picnic campers. Think of the mess. Yeah, not to mention trying to explain it to some crooked art dealer. So, you want me to wire his car? That's the plan, yeah. I've got a cat on the inside. That's never a bad thing. Apparently, this not really a lawyer has his own monogram picnic basket what goes everywhere with him. But surely he keeps it guarded, if he's that precious about it. Apparently not. Aha, you went for the most likely angle and found his... Aha! You went for the most unlikely angle and found his Achilles heel. I certainly did. Yes, I can help you. But do you want me... I just need you to give me the kit and show me how. I'll do the rest. Are you sure, Reg? As all can be. Have you assembled a bomb before? Well, not exactly. How not exactly? How difficult can it be? You're an expert and I'm a fast learner. Okay, I'll show you and give you three kits. Come into my cave and I'll explain why. The plot thickens. The plot certainly uh, well. Well, it continues to thicken wherever Reg is involved, doesn't it? Yeah, this is. Um, I like McCann. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a bit bit seedy, isn't he? Mm, yeah, he's a bit strange, isn't he? Reg it? does seem to know absolutely everybody. I wonder what his cave looks like and where. In, in, in a in a hole. In a cave. In, in a hole in the ground. I, I'm seeing an underground bunker actually. Yeah. I've seen an underground bunker and he's there in a hard hat. Mm -hmm. And he's got loads of military stuff around him and mm -hmm. war memorabilia and all this stuff. And, and then he's got all this dodgy stuff he's selling to people. I can see incense candles, but I can also see camouflage like leaves all over them. I don't know what to make of this one. Right, have you got a quote for us? Ah, yes, I did. A quote, and I found one, and I suppose you'll know more about this guy than I do. Um, it's from Finley Peter Dunn, and the quote goes Alcohol is necessary for a man so that he can have a good opinion of himself, undisturbed by the facts. Marvellous! So, I, th I think, and, and I'll have to look this up. I think Don was a writer, um, I can't remember, Irish or American or, or Irish-American, 
I would have to look it up. Fiendom. So sounds Irish, but so I have no idea. Yeah, this idea that I get drunk so I can have a good opinion of me that isn't in any way impinged upon by fact, because yeah. of course. I like that one. Going on from that quote we had last time about it being voluntary madness, mm -hmm. it's as soon as I buy into this fantasy world where I've had a drink and suddenly I win every argument, everything that's ever gone wrong in my life is righted, yeah. it all becomes everybody else's fault and I become blameless. Mm -hmm. I become the master of my own destiny and the manager of the world mm -hmm. and the universe. Mm -hmm. Everything just sort of turns out right, doesn't it? Because logic disappears. Well, it's like the having breakfast thing, isn't it? I mean, there's no logic in going to do that. No. And I don't want to see what I look like in that Weatherspoons at seven o'clock in the morning. No. But I think I look normal. Yeah. However, of course, I don't. It's also the thing of seeking out seedy places, isn't it? So I end up in some bar with someone I've never met before, yeah. spinning some yarn about this extraordinary business proposition I've got or yeah. this incredibly important hush-hush job I've got, yeah. none of which is true. Mm -hmm. So actually this buying into the fantasy alcoholic world, it, it denies the existence of fact, doesn't it? It just takes me back to some of the stories that I've told people, maybe even in the pubs, where I've just complete. I'm not even. I'm still too embarrassed to even talk about. It, but it's just completely random stories, knowing that they're completely false, and but not doing it to think that I am, just to see how they react. And I think I just didn't know what I was doing. I don't know what. Eventually, I was doing. it didn't yeah. take long no. before I really didn't know what I was doing. And of course, the facts are not going to impinge on that because that's my fantasy. Mm. And, and it's my fantasy reality, isn't it? And you do have quite a very large, good opinion of yourself when you've had a drink. You, know, you think you are the, the bees and ease, and that's why you can dance as well. You think you're a good dancer. Oh, yeah, and you <laughs> think you're a comedian, and you think you're all sorts of things, but you're not. And you know everything. And yet, the morning after, or whenever mm. you come to... I mean, I don't think I have much concept of morning, evening, and night when I was drinking, but whenever I came to, suddenly the facts would oh. be in my face if I looked in the mirror. Yeah, the fact is, I was not the life and soul of the party because I wasn't even at the party. <laughs> I was there, but not in there. Body, but not in mind. Yeah, I was absent even when present, and yet I hold on to this idea of myself as being significant and of value. You're right, though. It wasn't towards the end of my drinking. I didn't know the difference. It was night and day. It was all merged into one. So I'd wake up and I wouldn't be embarrassed about the night before because I'd still be drunk and I'd carry on drinking. Yeah. But before that, yeah. I used to hate it, having to face work if it was a work school and going in and like creeping. not knowing what I've said or what oh. I've done, and because I don't know the difference between the true and the false, of course I'm not going to be disturbed by fact. You the know. fact is a terrible inconvenience, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, no, that was a lie. I didn't. I didn't say that. Oh, I did say that, but it, I was pretending. I was just having a laugh. I can think of a few horror mornings going into work after a work school. It's quite a long Saturday. I didn't go to many, or I would only go for the first couple of hours because none of them drank properly. But also in the back of my mind, I didn't want them to see me staggering about. Yeah. But that only happened behind closed doors. It was part of my professional denial. And of course, behind closed doors on my own, I'm even further removed from reality and fact because it's just me and the walls. Mm -hmm. And when it's me and the walls, I'm going through things that happened 20 years ago and I'm winning when actually I didn't win. One job I had, it was actually, it was a little bit of a mess and it was normal to be absolutely wasted. I remember the gaffer that owned it. He wasn't one of the most trusting clerks. 
place with, with Derek's Squad Car, and it was at the party, but I still managed to be the clown of that, even though everybody there Well, we always find a way, don't we? Ooh, it was like I could get even more off my face. All these lies I tell myself wherever I put myself and wherever I go, it doesn't matter where I go, it doesn't matter when it is, it doesn't matter who I'm with, I still contrive for this denial of reality to happen. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it hits me and I end up in rehab and I have to look at it. And thank God that I do. Yeah. Right, I think we'll love you and leave you there. Are we done? I think we are done, yes. Oh. Been a slightly protracted recording. We did have to stop as there was some sort of background noise going on outside, so I, I hope that hasn't impinged too much on this. I think it sounded like we've got a coop of chickens. Well, if we have got a coop of chickens, that's fine. Mm. But if we've got a coop of chickens, what are we going to do with them? Nothing will surprise me. Well, they can go to a meeting, can't they, with the cats? Oh, yes, absolutely. And the chickens have got their own meeting now, haven't they? Mm. You can find us on Facebook, on the Changes Facebook page, if you want to give us a quote or give us a topic. We're listening. Or send in any of your creative writing or anything that you'd like for us to consider. And as we always say, if anything we've mentioned on the show relates to anything that you're going through or know of anyone who's suffering from addiction or anything around addiction that you need help with, please reach out. There's plenty of places you can go to, including... Changes. The help is out there, just make the phone call. Yep. And if you can't make the phone call, do it by email. Yep. So we will see you next week. Well, we won't see you, you'll hear us. Yes. Wishing um, everyone a lovely weekend. And uh, hopefully, uh, can we have breakfast next week? On the show. <laughs> I suppose we could, yeah. Yeah, maybe I can stretch to that. Yeah, let's see. Thanks. Watch this space. <laughs>